0: Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. I'm here with my awesome co-host tonight. We're actually one light tonight. Pork will be back next week, but I'm joined by Nate Christian and Shevin Nooney. Gentlemen, it is great to see you guys again. It's like it's great to see you guys every single week. So we are back at it with some more rookie breakdowns, and we're going to be talking about some consensus running back rankings tonight. Consensus. I was having a hard time with that one before. Um but before you, you know, before we get into it, you know, we would just love to see you guys over in the Patreon chat, Patreon.com/slash Dinosaur Rewind. A dollar a month just says, "Hey, we love you guys. Here's a dollar, and you get invited to a group chat. Five dollars a month gets you access to um, our Notion database, which has our rankings on it, and also with the group chat as well and bonus content. Nate and I are going to be recording an episode tonight, and I have a very special Patreon episode that I will be recording next week. If you would like to know more about it tap the link in the description hope to see you there so let's get into our first prospect and just a reminder if he is not in the first round of a mock draft that mock draft is invalid that's right and that is david bell from purdue six foot two 205 pounds he is 21 years old he was a four-star recruit and According to NFL mock database.com, he is projected to go in the third round, which I feel like is kind of right for him. 93 catches, 1,286 yards, six touchdowns, and a 13.8 yards per reception average. So I actually have to bring up my scouting card. So, Chev or Nate, whichever one of you guys would like to go first, by all means, have at it. Yeah, go
1: ahead, I'll, go, I'll go first. Yeah, David Bell is a guy who. The production is absolutely there. I mean, three years of 1,000-yard receptions. I think he had over 70-plus receptions in each of those seasons. And he played behind a guy named Rondell Moore, who we loved. I, at least I loved as a prospect. And watching his film back today and just seeing how everything has panned out the last few weeks, it's, it's been a little rough for our, our guy, or our guy Mr. Moore. And, wait, hold on. I meant Bell. Sorry, Mr. David Bell. And he has really fallen down a lot of people's draft boards, uh, fantasy-wise, and I'm guessing NFL-wise as well. He just has not – he didn't show much at the Combine. Now, though he has the production, I just do not see the elite elusiveness, the elite speed. I think there is some yak ability there. He does make some plays every once in a while, but his route running to me is just not as explosive I wanted to see. I mean, I think he, he uses his feet well. He uses his brakes decently well but it just looks slow to me it's almost like in slow motion sometimes and it takes him a long time to get out of breaks and i i really like david more sorry david bell's film i can't get this straight i'm thinking of no more the you whole time here i'm thinking of ronnell more the whole time no but bell i think he's a good athlete he just does not have that explosiveness that i think you need in the nfl these days to produce that wide receiver can he be a wide receiver three in a good offense? Sure. I think that's definitely possible for him. But I just don't see him being a huge playmaker for fantasy every single week. Now, I feel like he is going to win more in the middle of the field. I don't see his game being an outside receiver. I would much rather see him as a slot receiver, honestly, in my opinion. Just with his, his route running, I think it just works a little bit better for him and it allows him to maybe get open a little quicker as he's not the fastest receiver in this class.
0: I feel like you kind of hit the nail right on the head where he could be a productive wide receiver three in a good offense. Um, Nate, what are your thoughts on David Bell?
2: Yeah, I think David Bell could even be uh, you know rather productive wide receiver two in an offense. I think he has that kind of potential. Mm-hmm. I don't really see him ever – being the alpha receiver on a team, being the number one option for a team. He just lacks the explosiveness and the playmaking ability that you know an offense would want their number one option to have. But he's a very solid prospect. It's hard to poke poke holes in his profile because he does everything pretty well. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have anything that stands out, anything that you know puts him above other players in this class. And because of that, you know, he's fallen. He hasn't tested well. You know, you go back and look at the tape, and his routes aren't super great. He takes a lot of steps sometimes. Mm -hmm. He's not super sudden. You know, the athleticism definitely is lacking there for a top wide out at the next level. But I think David Bell, you know, being a solid prospect that he is, if he gets volume, he's going to be quite fantasy relevant at the next level. And I think he's a guy that could handle volume too. Mm -hmm. The thing is, he's, if he gets drafted into an opportunity where, it's right there in front of him. He has the easy way into a, you know, wide receiver 2 position for an offense. Sure. I think he's going to be a good draft pick. But if he's got to go in the training camp and fight for a wide receiver 3 spot and you know, fight to even get opportunities, I don't think he has enough to offer to really beat out other good wide receivers. And because of that, I'm pretty down on David Bell. I know there's some people out there that, you know, I've even seen him as someone's wide receiver 1 out there. And hey, I respect it, you know. Going going into this season, he had a lot of pipe behind him. You know, he looked pretty good across from Rondale Moore. And
0: did we lose him? Robot
1: Nate oh, coming Nate. in hot.
0: Oh, we lost him. All Poor right. Soul. Oh man, the the ghost came out of that closet behind him. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, while we're waiting for Nate to come back, um, why don't I talk about David Bell? I agree with a lot of what Chev said and with what we got from Nate before his internet decided to just go ham on us. Um, we'll just let him hang out down there. Oh, okay. You go. He does a lot of things okay, but a lot of things he's just really kind of average in, to be honest with you. I mean, he's not, I don't think he's overly fast, but he's fast enough to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, his movements are pretty quick but not anything like super agile. He can separate. Uh, Nate just texted me. He said his Wi-Fi just died. So we'll see if he comes back then. Um, I'm sure he's working to get that restored. So I'll keep you guys updated. Um, somewhat fast off the line, not, not anything great. His routes are good. His hands are pretty solid. He is pretty physical and his contested catch is very good as well. I will I will mm-hmm. give him that. Um Is yak is decent, but uh, to me in the NFL, I think he's more of like a chain mover, not an explosive playmaker. Yeah, And hey, over a thousand yards a bunch of seasons at Purdue. A team that had to throw the ball a lot because they were always down so much. I'll tell you what, watching Purdue's offense, if they could put a good defense on the field, they could be a competitive team. I I really, really do believe that. Mm -hmm. That being said, I think he'd be a perfect fit for the NFL in 1995. You know, that big body physical (laughs) wide receiver. It's just kind of not That's not there. It's not the
1: play style anymore.
0: It's it's really not. You know, we're not doing that Michael Irvin type of bully the defender down the field anymore. That's just not the way the NFL is. about speed, quickness, and agility. He has some of that, but not all that. I actually think he's like a fourth to fifth round draft pick. Fourth to fifth round draft pick. Pardon me. So I'm just going to check in with Nate. I saw he texted me again. Let's see what he says. He's trying to get back. So um, hopefully Nate comes back soon. Oh, look. He's back. All right, look at that. So, Nate, I just talked about David Bell. Would you like to finish what you were
2: saying? If you let me know where I was when I left off. (laughs) Uh,
0: You were like this.
2: (laughs) Basically, David Bell doesn't offer enough upside for me to take a swing on him in the first round, early in the second round. At the end of the second round, early third round, I'm probably looking at David Bell if he gets a good landing spot, if he gets that day two draft capital. Which I think he will. He's a solid enough prospect that NFL teams are going to like the floor that he brings to to an NFL team, but he doesn't offer enough upside for anyone to you know swing on him early. And I think because of that, you know, if team if a team falls in love with other players who are more athletic and more explosive, we could see him drop into day three. And if he drops on the day three, then it's going to be really hard to be drafting him anywhere near where his he's going to go in ADP.
0: Looking at his production, his profile. I feel like there's a possibility that he could be this year's Hakeem Butler where people have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of hype. People have a lot of expectations and he just falls and he never pans out. That is his absolute floor, I think. And it's always possible because we've seen it happen before. That being said, if my NFL team drafts David Bell in the third round, I'm happy about that. I think that is a fantastic NFL pick. I'm going to temper expectations, obviously, depending on landing spot, you know, especially with a team like the Eagles. It really doesn't support three wide receivers very well. Um, you know, and there's a lot of other teams that could be like that. So
2: I think well, it's going to be one of those players who's better for the NFL than for your fantasy team.
0: Porkman hates when I say that, too, by the way. But <laughs> we do have to consider that, you know, a lot of these guys were very productive in school that doesn't always translate to the NFL. And there's a lot of guys who did nothing in college that turned out to be fantastic NFL players. We've seen yeah. that before too. And
2: Man, if David my... Bell gets second round draft capital, I'm I'm going to be excited. I'm yeah, going to be I'm excited people. because that means the team is ready to give him opportunity. And I think he's a player that can handle volume and be productive. I think he could, you know, if someone gave...
0: Uh-oh.
1: If someone gave him 100 attempts at, in the season, I think he would do well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he
1: he's shown he can control the volume. I mean, he's had over 80 receptions, 70 receptions, whatever it is, almost every single season, even in a season where they had less games due to COVID. So I think he's a guy that can definitely hold the volume for himself. And, and I just don't see him being that alpha guy that maybe you're looking for. But, I mean, if you can get him in the third round of your rookie drafts, and like you said, if a team drafts him third, fourth round, of your NFL team, you're probably going to be pretty happy. I mean, if I'm, I'm, if I'm the bears and I'm able to get him in the fourth round, like I'm pretty stoked. I mean, he's a good player. He's seen production. Now hopefully that, that the quickness and that swiftness that he maybe doesn't show right now at the combine or whatnot, they can get that out of him. So I think it's just a lot of footwork, just getting in the gym, working at it.
0: Yeah. And yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh draft is coming up soon. I cannot wait by the way. I took the uh, I took Friday off too, Ooh, so I'm nice. staying up late, man. You know what I mean. And I haven't taken a non-scheduled day off all year, so you deserve it. I want to thank you. I'm going to treat myself. I can't wait. It looks like I have the day by myself too. Corey's going to my mother-in-law's house, so that should be nice. Ooh. Let's move on to our second prospect of the evening. That's Pierce Strong from South Dakota State University, the Jackrabbits. Um, kind of fun film to watch. You know what I mean? I, I like watching this guy. 5'11", 205 pounds. Definitely got a good NFL size. 23 years old. He was not ranked, but 24-7 as a recruit. That would explain why he goes to South Dakota State. He is projected to go in the fourth round, courtesy of NFL Database.com. 240 carries, 1,673 yards, 18 touchdowns. So for all the people saying, yeah, but it was against blah, blah, blah. Seven yards carry that's impressive i don't care who you're playing against 22 catches 150 yards no touchdowns through the air they didn't really use him as a receiver very much chev let's start with you on Pierre strong
1: yeah it's, it's just an offense that it doesn't seem to want to throw the ball to the, the running backs i think the quarterback look showed that he rather run with the football than just dump it off and get the extra yards but you know, there was one play that I watched where Pierre Strong is lined up behind the QB. QB's under center. They snap it between the QB's legs to Pierre Strong, and he throws a touchdown. I don't know if you saw that play, but whoever drew that play up—that
0: that was something, man.
1: They deserve an A plus for that. That they they need a gold star on their coaching, their coaching profile. But you know, Pierre Strong is a guy who I'm probably not super high on this year. I I don't know. I'm just not super high on the film that I watched. It seemed like he was a little impatient waiting for holes to open up. I think he's got decent vision. I think he is able to see what he needs to do, but I think his footwork holds him back a little bit. It seems like he tries to take too many steps before he wants to cut, and he almost loses all momentum, uh, in my opinion. Uh, He's not uber physical as well. Once in a while you'll see him run like a freight train and run through a tackle, but it's not very often you see him just break one. I mean, if he's wide open in the field, in the open field, then yes, he will, but you don't see it very often where he's just breaking tackles and just taking off. He mostly, it seemed to me, that he gets tackled decently easily. And I, I don't know. I just don't see the real upside with Pierre Strong. I know you're going to kill me because I know you love this guy, but I, I'm just, I wasn't impressed by the footwork. I wasn't impressed by just the way he ran with the football. I mean, when he's in the open field, he's great. But when there's somebody in front of him, I just don't see him being super great for your fantasy teams.
0: So everyone seems to think that I love Pierre Strong. I like Pierre Strong. Um, he's good. But I'll tell you what, Nate, before uh, the Wi-Fi gods decide to shut you down again and you have to go restart your router, would you like to tell us your thoughts on Pierre Strong?
2: Sure, sure. Um, Pierre Strong, I was actually pretty impressed uh, watching his film. I know that he had been like a pretty, what's the word I'm looking for? A pretty popular sleeper the past couple weeks. You know, he's kind of popped up in a lot of mock drafts and a lot of rankings, like top 10s. Uh, you know, around like running back eight or seven or something like that. So I was kind of excited to watch him and I had seen some highlights before. So I knew kind of what I was getting myself into. I knew he was fast and man, he does have some speed. He has some long speed and we saw that with the, he ran a four, three at the NFL combine. So, you know, that speed is not just there on film. It's also there with the testing numbers, but beyond the speed, I think there's some, some left to be desired. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like his size, you know, 5'11 and 200-something pounds. You know, he's not super thick, but that's not his speed, so that's not his game, you know, so I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I think he has he's tall enough. He's not like a JV on Hawkins from last year mm-hmm. where it's just speed and that's all you're getting. He has he has decent size for the NFL. He's over 200 pounds and he looked comfortable as a receiver. He has those, that playmaking ability, but he's not overly elusive. And I think... Behind the line, he's not always patient. A lot of times he's, you know, plays at one speed and he's outrunning his defenders. He's, mm-hmm. you know, his blockers. He's running into his blockers. But when he turns that corner, it is nice. It is really nice. But overall, I'm just looking at this guy and sure, he's he's probably going to have a role at the next level. He's going to get drafted day three. He's going to have a, a role in, in some sort of offense. But I don't think this is a guy that I'm willing to hang my hat on as a late sleeper that can take over a full r- workload. He's got the speed, and some team's gonna like that. Probably get like six round draft capital, and you know get some opportunities. But outside of that speed, I don't think he brings enough to the table to really be someone I'm gonna be looking for in drafts. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you have a film score, Nate?
2: I do. It's actually a 5.0 on the dot. Okay. So I mean, I think he can. He's an average starter, you know, like a spot starter at the running back position. Which, to be fair, there's a lot of spot starters at the running back position. It's
0: mm-hmm. true. Apparently, I am the highest on Pierre Strong. I have him at a 5.45.
2: You are are high on Pierre Strong.
0: I think the problem with the fantasy community as a whole is we're too invested in looking for the next sleeper. And I think if you want to look for a sleeper, do it in the third, fourth, fifth round. Don't look for a sleeper in the second or first round of the draft. And I feel like a lot of people are trying to do that, and then they overvalue guys like this. The reality is I'd probably rather have a guy like Damian Pierce, who I think the NFL is going to like a little bit better than Pierce Strong. Even though I do like Pierce Strong, I think he has some really good traits. What bumps his film score up for me, I think he's athletic. I love his lateral ability and his stop-start. And those are going to be two huge factors in the NFL. His NFL size, what is he, 5'11", 205? I mean, Mm -hmm. should he put a little bit more weight on? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm sure an NFL training facility is going to be a little bit better than South Dakota State, right? And he was very productive at school. And Nate, before you hop back on, like I was telling uh, when I was reading his stats, everyone's like, yeah, well, South Dakota state, okay, but he averaged seven yards a carry. I don't care who you're playing. Seven yards a carry is a really good yards per carry.
2: He's he's also been productive since his freshman year. You know? Yeah, that's true. it's, It's freshman production at the FCS level, but still it's an 18 year old stepping onto one of the better teams in FCS and competing against some of the better teams in FCS and being productive. So, I'm you know, as far as production goes for coming out of the FCS level, this is this is pretty good.
0: Yeah, and you know, th- a lot of a lot of people think when they think top echelon FCS, they think North Dakota State. The fact of the matter is, had he gone to North Dakota State, he's not putting up these yards. They do not run the ball, or they they like to spread around a little bit more than what it seems like South Dakota State does, where they just commit to one guy. Yeah, you know, I saw North Dakota State sprinkling it in, in a little bit more. Um I'd say he's more slippery than elusive as far as that goes. You know what I mean? He's not going to juke guys out a lot. He's going to shrug guys off, maybe like one cut, shoulder shrug somebody. That's about it. Balance is decent. He, he actually can catch the ball pretty well. I think he's a natural receiver that catches the ball well in stride. They just don't throw to him a lot.
2: Not a lot of opportunity. <laughs>
0: they, they just don't. So when you're scouting these guys, it's really hard to say like receiving ability and you're sitting here like, he looks like he can do it. You know what I mean? You're just go off
2: what you know. A lot of You're times right. I just write looks comfortable when given the chance.
0: That is actually a really good way to put it. But I think the NFL is going to like him. You should too. Great size. He's physical enough. Um, and NFL speed, all those long speed, I don't think is fantastic. You got a potential three down workhorse. We've seen it happen again. Everyone's always looking for the next James Robinson. Everyone's always looking for the next Elijah Mitchell. They want these late round UDFA guys. I think he can be that guy. That being said, I will not overdraft him. If he's there for me at the three-six, yeah. But I'm probably not going to take him at the late second. You know, I, I might have done that in one draft. <laughs> I think I probably took Jerome Ford actually, who I I think has a shot at definitely. being a better NFL back. Yeah.
1: Definitely.
0: So any yeah. other closing thoughts on these two prospects that anyone wanted to get in?
1: I think. Fantasy Twitter. We're at the stage where, like you said, everybody wants to find that sleeper guy that they can hang their hat on at the end of the day. And I feel like we're kind of making ourselves look a little silly where we're hyping up guys that may not even get drafted sometimes. Like, we're just just super thrilled this guy's so great. And we don't. He might not even get drafted. That's that's. I think that's where the stage is at right now for fantasy Twitter. We're all trying to just predict the future and find that man. random that random guy. So Jeff's true. just coming at
2: me, man. <laughs> coming <laughs> at me with my puka well, puka lo.
1: <laughs> oh, drafted. You know what I
2: mean. He was undrafted.
1: <laughs> I thought he was. Doesn't matter. I'm about not you. coming at you now. That wasn't. That wasn't intended at you. That was the Twitter sphere.
0: Shev makes a great point, though, and the problem I have with fantasy Twitter as a whole is this. You have a lot of people on there, just, they just sit on Twitter all day, you know what I mean? And they argue about guys, and then you, you know I say something, because I watch a lot of film. I don't like to go off what other people say, unless the guys in this podcast, or there's a few select other people that I really highly value their opinions. But I trust the guys on this podcast the most, and in this crew. And I'll ask somebody, what'd you see on film that you like or didn't? Like, wow, well, I'm not a film guy. Then why the fuck are you arguing with me about a guy you, you watch no film on? I want to know what you think he does well. If Nate and I disagree on something, if Chev and I disagree on something, I go back, I watch film. Did I miss something? How can I improve my process? Being a keyboard warrior is not how you do that. So, you know, don't just worry about sleepers. Draft well, best player available, nine times out of ten is the way to go. Because there's always that one exception. Would you like like to hear a word from our sponsors? I would love to. Okay. It's going to be great. Ready? Here we go. Do you still want to draft but don't want to join yet another Dynasty startup? If so, it's time to check out Underdog Fantasy. Best ball platform season-long drafts for the 2022 season are now open. Now's the time to reap the benefits of being a dynasty player that follows the NFL year-round. Support the Dynasty Rewind team and join us on Underdog Fantasy by using promo code Rewind when you make your first deposit and you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Deposit 100, get 100 more to play with, boom. The link is in the description. We'll see you there. Are you looking for a new way to play Dynasty? A way to go deeper than just drafting, trading, and setting lineups? If that's true, it's time to check out dynastyowner.com. Dynastyowner.com is the new and improved way to play Dynasty fantasy football at its deepest level, featuring new challenges like managing a salary cap, navigating player contracts, as well as setting your lineups. Sure, rookies are a value now. What about in the future? Build your dynasty around the cap and make the tough decisions when the time comes. New leagues are now forming. It's time to own your dynasty at DynastyOwner.com. Let them know the Dynasty Rewind sent you by using the code Rewind. The link will be in the description. Are you looking to support the Dynasty Rewind team and enjoy your favorite live events at a great price? It's time to check out our friends at SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the leading mobile-focused ticket platform that enables fans to buy and sell tickets for live events such as sports and concerts. They search all the big ticket sites for you, analyzing thousands of ticket listings and present the results using SeatGeek's deal score system and rate the best deals all in one place. They utilize 3D maps to make finding the perfect seat easy for you. Creating an account takes seconds. When you use promo code Dynasty Rewind, you will get twenty dollars off your first ticket purchase. Sign up today and enjoy a game tomorrow. And lastly, do you, my friends, want some Dynasty Rewind swag? Make sure you visit ViridianGlobal.com, the only official merchandise company of the Dynasty Rewind. Make sure you use the promo code Rewinder, all caps, at checkout for ten percent off all Dynasty Rewind and Dynasty Rewind-only merch. Again, don't forget, ViridianGlobal.com is the only place that you will find official Dynasty Rewind merchandise. Thanks again, everybody. All right, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? So uh, we are back from our commercial break, and now we're going to be doing some consensus running back rankings. So... Um, the good thing is pork and I seem to usually agree on everything and running backs are a little more streamlined um, than I'd say quarterbacks and probably, I guess wide receivers and tight ends. There's going to be some discrepancies, but running backs are, they're, they're pretty much just straightforward. So um, let's start with our consensus running back one. That is Brees Hall from Iowa state. So what I'll do is I'm just going to go around um, and, you know, I'll let one of you guys touch on these guys until we get into some discrepancies. So, Brees Hall, our unanimous running back one. And you know what, Nate? We're going to start with you on Brees Hall because I know you say, and I heard in our last War Room mock, he's the running back one. But I want to know what do you think he, he does compared to some of the other classes here, like last year's class? Where would you put him if he was in those other classes?
2: Yeah, so I'm actually looking at my combined big board for the last three years, and he's absolutely my running back one. In this draft class. I mean, I like Kenneth Walker a lot, but I do have Brees Hall over Kenneth Walker uh, by a decent little margin. And I love Brees Hall. He's got everything that I want out of a running back in the NFL level. He's got the size. He's got the power. He's got the athletic ability. He can catch passes. He really does everything well. But I think he lacks some of the, you know, top, top end ability that we've seen running backs have over the past couple of years. You know, we saw Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, J.K. Dobbins, guys like that come out recently. And, and they were just so talented throughout college and just offered so much upside. And not saying that Brees Hall doesn't. I mean, I think he has plenty of upside. I think he's going to be an extremely solid running back, too. But I think he's going to be a little bit less efficient than a guy like Dobbins or DeAndre Swift or, or Jonathan Taylor. So he's going to be heavily relying on volume. Kind of like Najee Harris this year, honestly. But, you know, looking back at the last three draft classes, I have him basically as my RB9, uh, RB8, RB9. And, and that's behind names like Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, JK Dobbins, Travis Etienne, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, DeAndre Swift, Michael Carter. And then, like, sitting there right around the same grade score that I had with Javante Williams.
0: Hold, hold on. Timeout. Timeout. You would take Michael Carter over Brees Hall?
2: If they had the same draft capital, yes.
0: But they don't have... Okay, so this was all pre-draft. This
2: is all tape score.
0: Okay. This is all
2: tape score. If I had to actually put them out um, based on expected draft capital and such, I mean, Brees Hall is probably sitting around RB 5-6 still. Okay, mm-hmm. I just want to make
0: sure. You know, I I'm going to, get,
2: like to I take Michael Carter over Brees Hall, but
0: <laughs> Bob would be excited if he found out you would take Michael Carter over Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. You really? Do. I would love to see Michael Carter get traded to the Packers just for Bob.
2: I just think Michael Carter offers a lot of upside he does. that is not going to be unlocked most likely, and uh, that's unfortunate. But Brees is gonna have plenty of opportunity, and he's gonna be great. So um, actually taking guys in the rookie draft, I'm taking Breeze Hall over Michael Carter. But tape score, I really, really liked Michael Carter and what he brought to the table receiving-wise. Receiving-wise, it really, really brought up his his score there.
0: Okay, so again, yep. everybody, before you're giving us <laughs> negative reviews, before you're going crazy on the YouTube video, Nate did not say he wants Breeze Hall over Michael Carter. He's purely going off his tape score when he was scouting these respective players. That's all. All right, let's breathe and move on to our consensus <laughs> running back, two, and that is Kenneth Walker. Um, okay, so, Chev, question for you. How close is the gap between Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall? Is it like 1A and 1B? Or, or You know what I mean? What, what's the gap for you? I mean, I think it's close. I don't think it's a 1A, 1B scenario. What mm-hmm. are your thoughts?
1: yeah i'm in the same boat i don't think it's a 1a 1b i think it's more of a 2a 2b at this point with spiller at the at this time okay. i think breeze is just in a class of his own in this class uh, like nate said he's probably not my top guy in the last three years not even close probably but uh, I, I like kenneth walker man he's got a lot of explosiveness he can catch the ball out of the backfield. i mean get him in space he's gonna be a lot of trouble i mean he's elusive as well so can get very sneaky, he's pretty patient running back. So I like the way Kenneth Walker plays. I don't think he's up there with Brees Hall. I mean, I feel like a lot of these guys are gonna be landing spot dependent. I know that's a, a stupid thing to say, it sounds like, but not
0: even no, it's not stupid. I completely is, agree.
1: But I just see that this class nobody I mean, Brees Hall, in my opinion, puts himself a little bit ahead, but after that, between Spiller and Walker, I don't think they go ahead of each other in athletic ability. Like I think they're all pretty close. The landing spot for me is probably going to sway which way I go. I think I think Walker is the more upside in my opinion, uh, but I don't know. I just feel like that landing spot is going to be so key moving forward in my opinion.
0: I agree. People need to understand too, we, we don't think these classes are bad. <clears throat> mm-hmm. When we say landing spot dependent – NFL offenses, it's not the mid 90s, not the mid 80s anymore, where everybody runs the same offense. You fit or you don't, you fit or you're not an NFL player. Every NFL offense is so unique in how they utilize players, especially running backs. And we see now that running backs are basically cannon fodder for the NFL. I mean, these guys, mid to late round draft picks, they come in, they could be effective. First round draft picks, they don't, you know what I mean? Todd Gurley was one of the highest paid players in the NFL, and he's not even in the NFL anymore. So it's just we, we need to adapt and realize that these guys just aren't going to be wanting to be. We have to scout properly, draft lots of wide receivers.
1: Three down backs aren't really a thing,
2: I feel like, anymore. Completely I mean, it's, agree. what do you think, Nate? Very hard to come by these days. Right. Um, and, and not just because there's not as many guys with that talent, but just mm-hmm. because when you're trying to win an NFL game, it makes more sense to use more weapons. Yeah, true. And I know it sucks for us in fantasy football, but from an NFL standpoint, I totally get it. I would much rather have the Ravens switch between Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins every other play, depending on what they want to do, than just stick with one of those guys and just run them into the ground. I'd much rather have them use those guys to their strengths and play around those guys. Okay. But for fantasy football, I want to see J.K. Dobbins get 280 touches. Hey, yes, yes. <laughs>
0: All right. So that brings us to our unanimous running back three and that's Isaiah Spiller. So I feel like this is the, you know, Chev. I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. Brees Hall is kind of in a tier of his own. I feel like Kenneth Walker and Isaiah Spiller are in the next tier. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you know, there's a bit of a gap here. I think there's a lot of quality NFL players in this class and guys that are going to have roles. Be that on a taxi squad or as backups or whatever, mm-hmm. but um, so I like Isaiah Spiller a little bit. I think he can do a little bit of everything. He's fast enough. He's athletic. He can block. There's times where they line him up at wide receiver. They line up line him up at fullback. Mm-hmm. So he's really versatile. I think the NFL is going to like that. Honestly, looking at these guys, if I think that there's a guy who has a chance of being a three down back, it's Isaiah Spiller just because he could do everything so well. Now, that being said, if he goes to Buffalo, I'm not as excited about his prospects, although I would love that for the real NFL, but because Josh Allen does so much in the running game. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. I just, I, For whatever reason, like Isaiah's pillar to Buffalo, I keep, keep wanting that to happen because I'd love to see it. I'm not a Bills fan, but I kind of want to see the Bills win a Super Bowl. I don't know. That'd be cool. That'd be cool to me. But I like Isaiah Spiller. And uh, you know how far apart do you think these guys are from the rest of the class? I mean, we're talking these are all most likely first-round draft picks in your rookie drafts, and then we could not see another running back until maybe the mid-second round, depending on team needs or who's drafting or what. And I think that brings us to...
1: But Nate said it best in the last war room. He said, "If you are going to take a shot on somebody, it's not going to be on one of these running backs. Like I rather take my shot on one of these wide receivers rather than a Jerome Ford early. Like in the second round, I I'm really not trying to get any of these running backs. There's so many wide receivers that I feel like have more potential and a higher floor than maybe somebody that goes out and is he's just a backup. He's a guy that fills in every once in a while, like." There's way more opportunity at wide receiver than there is at running back.
0: Yep. I do agree. I mean, some of these backups now, they do have they do have relevance. Like Devin Singletary was very startable yeah. for almost the entire season, the beginning part of the year. He wasn't as good as he was later on down the stretch. Um, but that brings us to our number four consensus back. All right. So that is Rashad White, Arizona State. So, Nate. Tell us about Rashad White and why you have him here. I think you might be the highest on him, possibly.
2: Probably. Maybe. This is the only running back I feel comfortable taking in the second round of my rookie drafts. I like Rashad White because he brings not only just great pass catching ability, which we love to see in fantasy football because those PPR points just just make us happy in our starting lineup, but he's also a big back. He can run between the tackles. He can handle a large workload. So he's one of those guys that I don't expect to come into a team right away and have a large workload, but he can get on the field on passing downs. And then he has enough talent that he could work his way into taking over a three-down role for a team. And once you get past those first three guys, there's not many players I can say that about. And I think Rashad White's one of those players I can say that has that potential. And, you know, it, it took him – quite the journey to get to where he is now. You know, he had no true FBS offers coming out of high school. He went to the local Juco, spent two years there, went to Arizona state, basically sat for one year. And then this past year just took over the entire backfield and just did, did incredible work out of there in the passing game, running between the tackles, getting into the end zone. He scored in a touchdown in like nine of his 11 games last year. So he obviously has a nose for the end zone. He just put a lot together real quick, and as a guy that I I know is going to get day two draft capital. Teams are going to like what they can get out of him. He's t- he's you know he's got some good traits that teams are going to like to see. And if you're going to take a shot on anyone in the second round, it probably should be Rashad White because he's going to have the draft capital. He has the pass catching ability, and he has the size to handle a workload and good volume. So mm-hmm. you know those things come together to really cement him as my RB four after that first tier of. Uh, yeah. The three running backs.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I agree with a lot of that. But hey, look, then let's go to our, our consensus running back five because we got some stark contrast here, and that's Jerome Ford from Cincinnati. So uh Pork and I are the highest on Jerome Ford. We have him at running back four. I think I could pretty much speak for for Pork when I say, you know, the reason why looking at the rest of this here, I'm just, I brought up my rankings on notion. So again, if you want full access to those rankings, patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind. So I again I have Drone Ford at four. And then Rashab White is my five mm-hmm. yeah, guys like Samir White. I like Samir White. Never carried a full workload. Kyron Williams. I've had questions <laughs> even before it was cool. Hey, Kyron Williams. <laughs> just throwing that out there. You, you, Bob it, just edited it, that. It's no Bob. Well, it's, not, it's on the audio pod. It doesn't matter. And we got guys like, uh, let's see sincere McCormick who I like, but I'm not touching him before like the fourth round. Uh, Tyler Algier, Discount Kyron Williams. We'll get him later. James Cook. Algier is like
2: six inches taller than Kyron Williams.
0: Who's that? Tyler Algier. <laughs> yep, yeah, but but they're I think their their play style is similar, is why I say that. Um you got you got James Cook out of a night, uh Brian Robinson. Everyone's telling me I should have Meyer, but I don't. Devonta Price. Although the one thing I like about Devonta Price, he runs like standing straight up. It looks like a telephone pole back there. Yeah. Um Damian Pierce. But there's just not a lot on him. Kevin Harris, Tyler Goodson, Jerry on Ealy. So it's we're at the point now where it tapers off, and there's guys that I like, but I can get them in the fourth or fifth round of a rookie draft. I can get them as UDFAs, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with loading up on wide receivers that might be considered dart throws, but if you want to take dart throws on a wide receiver, this is the class to do it. I'm fine with taking some tight end dart throws as well. And I like Jerome Ford. He's elusive. He's pretty fast. He can catch the ball, and he's recruited by Alabama. So you know, that boy wasn't even recruited by anybody.
2: <laughs> I will say, honorable mention: Damian Pierce is. If you if you pay attention to Mel Kuyper and some of the other draft experts, Damian Pierce is actually expected to go to go in day two. Um, Mel Kuyper has been talking about how he's gonna get picked off the board and. The third round because he's got that pass protection ability he's got the receiving ability and he was heavily underutilized at florida
0: big time i
2: think if he was utilized more we'd be talking about him a lot more as a higher ranked running back but we just weren't able to see it and that creates enough unknown that it's hard to really commit to damian pierce as a top five running back in this draft class plus he's a little bit smaller so that's definitely going to limit him you know it's He's kind of like in that more Michael Carter kind of role, like kind of pass-catching bowling ball coming out of the backfield. But, uh, yeah, you, if you pay attention to Mel Kuyper, you know, you can say what you want about Mel, Mel Kuyper, but he knows what's going on. Him, Daniel Jeremiah, Lance Zerline, those guys, they like Damian Pierce. They like Zamir White, James Cook. They, they think those guys are going to be third, fourth rounders. And, you know, we all know that, NFL draft capital is one of the best indicators of opportunity and opportunity brings fantasy points.
0: I will so say
2: as much as you, everyone's going to love their sleepers this year. Don't just dismiss this murky group of running backs, even if they get decent draft capital.
0: I will say third round draft capital for a running back anymore is not a death sentence. Like it used to be. Yeah, it's not. It's just the way the game is played now. Running backs don't get drafted
1: like they used to. Everybody used to hype up the running backs, take it's them early in the draft. And it's just the NFL is not played that way anymore. And nobody wants to pay these guys like they're supposed to be paid. So you you can see guys be drafted way later just because they know they maybe not, maybe not have to pay them that much Yeah, moving forward, especially with wide receivers too, man. Like, Nobody's gonna to want to pay wide receivers after this season. Oh my! Gosh. The amount of contracts that were just ridiculous. If if I'm the Vikings man, I am very very scared of what <laughs> Justin Jefferson is throwing at me contract wise in the next few years. It's it's gonna be ridiculous. AJ Brown too. I don't know if he got it. I feel like he might have got a contract recently, but it's Not about yet. to get real real crazy with the wide receiver. I think we're gonna see more trades of wide receivers than anything.
0: Yeah, you know, I'll say one thing say whatever you want about howie roseman he locks guys up before they're up never pays full price sure. for a player uh, i'll give him credit there um also hey if you want a, a deep stab at a running back i've been watching some texas tech films so sir roderick thompson kind of like him a little bit also ronnie rivers out of fresno state i'm watching him too you want
2: a deep cut you want yeah. cut? You should. You should look at Ja Main Martin of North Carolina A&T. Is he on the list? He's not on the on the he page right now. List.
0: Is he? Is he like a guy that's eligible to be drafted?
2: He's yeah. He's he's the next Marshawn Lynch, bro. <laughs> okay. All
0: right. I'm gonna write that name down. We're gonna head on out of here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate your support. So for Chev and Nate, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Until next time, everybody, be kind. Please rewind. Thanks for listening. Take me out of here, Sean.
2: Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, be kind. Please rewind.